All right, we uh, are on teachability, and we're just going to move right into that. Here is Desire of Ages, page 250, and uh, paragraph 1. You ca- you're hearing me okay? We can go back to this we need to. Jesus chose unlearned fishermen. Now, let me ask you, does Jesus like ignorance? So he's not, he's not choosing them because he likes ignorance. He's choosing them for another reason. We're going to see that in a moment, and it should speak volumes to us. Because they had not been schooled in the traditions and what kind of customs? The erroneous customs of their time. In other words, Jesus was going to educate them. He believed in educating them, but he wanted to make sure they were educated in a good way. That's why that we all need to always question whether our education and our learning is in the school of Jesus. Uh, now, that doesn't mean you shouldn't go to college. You should, uh, if, or if that's uh, where God is leading you. It's not against formal education, but it is a sig- signal to us to say, is this education measuring up to the kind of teaching that Jesus would have me to learn? Notice it says they were men of native ability, And they were humble and what? Teachable. Now that is a quality that you want to remain in the rest of your life. Even if you are the division president of the Southern Africa Indian Ocean Division. He wants to maintain a humble, teachable spirit. And uh, I know that El Ratsar is doing that because he... He was so excited we got a chance to visit with each other on the phone. He said, I've got some new things I've got to share with you. Some new things that he'd been learning. So I'm, I'm, I'm anxious to hear what they are. That We'll sit down and, and he's going to share some new things with me. And I'm excited about it. Men whom he can educate for his work. Are you a man or a woman that God can educate for his work? That's the question. Lord, am I educatable? Or am I already so just petrified that you can't do anything with me. You have to keep an open mind to God's leading and God's teaching. Now, Elder Ratzar is going to share with us three parts, three parts that are absolutely essential, I believe, to this educational process. So, Elder Ratzar, the next slide is for you. I believe that uh, what we are going to study now is the key, really, to a successful leadership. I call it a triangle of success for Christian leadership. I would like us to open our Bibles in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12 to 25. We are not going to read the whole verses, but we will go back now and again and uh, pick some one or two verses from that. But I would like you to study this uh, in depth Uh, Not now, but you can go back to it and study these three parts. I I consider this very crucial, very important, and I try to apply this in my leadership. One thing I am trying to do, I will never teach something or preach something that I'm not trying to do. Uh, That is a principle that I have taken already, I've, um, I've been following If I don't do it, I will not preach about it. Uh, That does not mean that I've reached, I I have reached the 100%, I'm still working on it, uh, struggling, but one thing is sure, uh, I'm trying to apply it. So this principle that I'm going to share with you, uh, I'm, I'm applying this, I'm trying, I'm working on it. So all of us, we are still learning. We, we are still, we are not getting there yet. But this is very important. Do you want to be a leader of influence for the glory of God? Is that your goal? Amen. For the glory of God, not for my glory. You know, we, we give all the glory to God. What we need is the joy. Uh, for the glory, 100%. Take it, God. Uh, we don't want it. But... We want the joy, the joy of success, the joy of achievement to glorify God. So that is the goal of, that should be the goal of a leader. 
just to, to achieve for God and the name of God will be glorified. And I believe that if we apply this, if we put this into practice, then we will receive, we will, we will have that success, that uh, achievement. Triangle. Um, just think of a triangle. One line, the foundation, is God. The foundation of our leadership is God. I, I come from Madagascar, my wife from Mauritius, those two islands in the Indian Ocean, just next to the main continent of Africa. But we, we were called to serve in Congo. We spent about five years there. And in the capital city, Kinshasa, there was a big, uh, huge building, very nice actually, by the main road. But that building was empty. And I said, why is it empty? And they said, you know what? Uh, it was tested. And it was stated that this building is not to be occupied because it is dangerous to live there. He said, why? said, they made a mistake on the foundation. Foundation is important. So we need to start with the foundation. And the foundation is God. Is spirituality. You see, if you want to build high, you need to go deep in the foundation. And that is spirituality. So I call it leadership by spirituality. We talk a lot about leadership by example. That is very important. But uh, we are trying to almost coining this leadership by spirituality. Paul is a powerful leader. I, I try to study his life just to find find out what is the key um, key um, of spiritual leadership Colossians chapter 1 verse 9 to 12 we need to we need to read this Colossians chapter 1 verse 9 to 12 you can see there the prayer life of of Paul you see we need to be connected with God first you see Paul um, on his way to Damascus, he encountered Jesus Christ. He, he met Jesus Christ. For a leader to be successful, he must be first converted. Because an unconverted leader will use unconverted method will take unconverted decision and will lead the church not into conversion but into reverse conversion Amen. it is written in the book uh, christian service this reverse conversion meaning converted to the world so the first thing is conversion deep spirituality connected with god how is our relationship with God. You know, to be a good leader, you must be a good Christian first. Uh, and leadership is like a f the fruit of being good Christian. So, um, prayer life. Colossians chapter 1, verse 9 to 12. We may not read all these verses here. By the way, we will give you a handout tomorrow. So we can have it with your flash disk. And uh, at the same time, we will give you also the handout. So um, if you cannot copy everything, uh, don't worry. You will have the uh, verses here. Okay. Someone, please, if you can read Colossians chapter 1. There we can see, can think of a man. Uh, all right. Who is going to read? Yes, please.
All right. Said for this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you. Pray for you. Prayer. Uh, let's read another text. Um, let's see. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16. Um, I think we, we need to, uh, okay, that it would grant you, let's start with uh, verse 14, for this reason, 14 to, and uh, uh, we can uh, add more there, up to 19 actually, up to 19, okay, let me read it for the sake of uh, maybe the recording. For this reason, I bow my uh, my knees, bow my knees before before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that He would grant you, according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in the inner man. And then let's continue. Here, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the sense what is the breadth and the length of the height, and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to all the fullness of God. Okay, let me just summarize here. So, this leadership by spirituality is this. First, you deepen your relationship with God. You spend time with God. You see, many times we excuse ourselves we are busy, we are doing this, we are doing this, so we don't really have time to pray. But I tell you the truth, we cannot really be good leaders if we don't spend enough time with God. How is your prayer life? We, in the book um, that I may know him, it is said that we need to pray as Jesus prayed. And we need to agonize as he agonized. If we want to overcome and conquer as he conquered. I am taking this very seriously. Praying as Jesus prayed. Praying as Jesus prayed. Sometimes we rationalize too much said, well, you know, uh, in the 21st century, how can we pray as Jesus prayed? Um, let's put this in a context. What context? The context of Jesus is the perfect one. So I, I was actually, I was, uh, I fall into this uh, temptation also to rationalize too much. He said, well, um, praying as Jesus prayed. I, I, I don't have time to do that. I have so many things. And But I said to myself, wait a minute. Jesus was also very busy. He had the whole world to save. <laughs> Jesus was very busy. Sometimes we think that we are busier than Jesus. No. We are not. It's a matter of priority. Because we have always time to do something that we want to do. So, we don't have time when we say we don't have time to do that. Because we have already said time to do other things. So here, I want to challenge all of us. This is a radical thinking. 
But you know the Bible is sometimes and many times about radical thinking. So I've decided just to follow what is written. I said, no, I'm not going to rationalize. If it is there and Jesus did it, I don't say I will not do it. I, I will just say, Lord, help me to do it. I don't want to say, no, I can't do it. I said, Lord, just help me out. I want just to do it. So, just to summarize the prayer life of Jesus. Of course, definitely he was in touch with his father all the time. That connection is, is there. But we know that every morning is spent at least one hour or two. Because there it is said, while it was still dark in Mark chapter 1 verse 35. So let's just decide to do that. Yes, we can say, Why? how can I do that? I have so many assignments, many meetings, I'm tired. No, just do it. If you are challenged or overwhelmed, ask God to help you to do it. Don't rationalize. Just do it. I'm trying to do that by the grace of God. Waking up, three o'clock. 3.30, praying and studying the word of God every day by his grace. Sometimes I miss, but I pick it up again <laughs> and start all over again. Um, the most important is that you are, you are doing it. You may miss one or two mornings or so because of a tough schedule and so on, but don't be discouraged. Just continue. Jesus knows that you are really willing and he will help you every day. It is written in Mark chapter 1 verse 35. Don't rationalize, just do it. And the Lord will help us. That is the prayer life of a leader. Radical thinking. Then when you face heavy burdens, what Jesus did, the early morning was not enough. He needed the all night. He needed the all night to talk to his father. That's why he spent the all night talking to his father. I read it there in Luke chapter 6 verse 12. He said, okay, I know that my schedule is tight, 23 countries, but it is written. Let me just do it when I have burdens in my heart. And I just did it. Praying all night. Reading the Bible and wrestle with God. Just do it. I think that is, that is following Jesus. This morning we talked about following God. Example. Talking about fasting. Then I studied the fasting, the topic, fasting again in the Bible. And I realized that every time, every time without exception, those men of God, before they start something, I mean their ministry, they spend time with God. Like Jesus, how many days? 40 days fasting. I said, Lord, help me here. I studied this and right now I'm studying about fasting. Um, in the Bible and the scriptures, I mean, the Elenji White books, and also the medical aspect of this. And I realized that really, medically and scientifically, it is possible. Actually, I, I have a, uh, one of the, the team directors, he's um, a medical doctor at the division. So I asked him to study this. He said, uh, doctor, can you study this and uh, give me the, the, the findings? And he came back and he said, 
actually scientifically medically fasting is very good for your health um, only two individuals cannot fast because of the health two kinds that is when you are have diabetes you are diabetic how do you call that and then one you have AIDS um, if you are normal your health is fine you can fast of course we we don't show off uh, Jesus said no when you fast don't even tell that you are fasting only you and God should know but let's do that too and for the sake of our encouragement I fasting is part of my spiritual life fasting uh, more than one day and I realize that God is helping so anyway what I'm trying to say is this lead by spirituality by doing that we are already leading because we are in touch with God and God is using us and people around meaning the followers they will see they will see that we are we mean it we are not perfect as leaders but one thing they have to admit this leader takes spirituality very seriously this leader is not fake this leader is real he wants to go to heaven and he wants us to follow him to go with him to heaven that is the thing this is not a corporate world so uh, if we spend enough time taking care of our spirituality we are already leading by example and by spirituality you see leadership is sometimes it's just by presence by doing people will watch and you know when you are a leader nothing is really hidden people would like to know what you are doing um, if someone is not a leader does something it will pass but if a leader does it it will be analyzed so a lead leading is doing good things and it will be analyzed and you are leading already because automatically people are interested in what you are doing so they would like to know your prayer life uh, they would like to know how you study your Bible even if you don't tell them they want to know how you practice this truth this aspect of truth they analyze everything about you even a local church I would like to see the hands of uh, youth leaders here yes and having uh, responsibility in the local church please okay so you are leaders here you know what I'm talking about so do good things and it will be analyzed and spirituality is one of the best exercise that we can do as leaders and if it is detected that we are fake we say one thing we do something else we talk about prayer but we don't pray we talk about this principle that we don't put it into practice very soon it will be discovered and our influence is gone you may talk and talk try to promote this program people will not follow they know what is going on so the first one is spirituality Jesus Paul our relationship with God is important and the second one in that and then we'll go to the leadership by love the two are not too uh, too long um, when we are in touch with God we need to spend time praying for the followers you see Luke chapter 6 verse 12 
Jesus spent the whole night praying for the disciples. I would like to encourage us as leaders to spend time praying for those who are following us. How many times have we spent the whole night praying for the young people in the church? Taking them one by one into the throne of God. Praying for them. How many times have we prayed for the pastor? Prayed for the deacons? We need to pray. This is what Paul did. For Jesus did. We need to pray. We need to intercede. Pray for. Sometimes we, we talk a lot about the shortcomings of people and so on. But we don't even pray for them. Yes. I, I can't tell you how important that is. Um, <clears throat> I, I will tell you that, that when you begin to pray for somebody, let's say you have somebody that your personality does, doesn't mix with very well, or, or you just have a nap. you ever run into anybody like that? You don't have to raise your hand. You just, it's just naturally, it's like the magnets just came in the wrong direction. Instead of attracting, they just kind of push away. <clears throat> I've found in my own personal life, if I begin to earnestly go to the Lord in prayer and say, Lord, help that person to know that I really love them. Help, help me to be able to communicate that love. Help them to know. Help them to understand. Open their eyes that I love them, Father. And all of a sudden, attitudes begin to change. Um, and... and uh, there's nothing like leading in harmony. You know, if you're leading, having harmony is a wonderful thing. You won't always, Jesus didn't always have harmony. But I'll tell you, people went away from him knowing that he loved them. Even his enemies, even when he rebuked them, they could tell he loved them. Uh, and, and I think that's really, really crucial to spiritual leadership. So prayer is very important when it comes to uh, leadership. Uh, through prayer also, you ask God to intervene. This morning we talked about God's intervention. You see, when we study the Bible, as I said this morning, God really intervened in the life of the good leaders in the Bible. For example, Joshua. He had a job to be done. Um, just imagine Joshua as a conference president or the, a division president. There is an issue there. A job needed to be done, but um, uh, the time was not enough. So that is the motion. Uh, um, okay, that is the item. You remember that? When Joshua was asked to do something and uh, it was already getting dark and there was no electricity then, so the job had to be done. What was then the motion? Okay, logically, he said, okay, let's continue this tomorrow. That is a motion, for example. Do you have a second? Okay, let's discuss. Oh, people say, well, if we don't do it now, the, the enemies will, uh, will run away and will not find them. But the motion is that, okay, let me pray. Oh, son, stand still. And the spirit of prophecy says that that was a short prayer, but it was a result of hours with God. And God, uh, uh, God knew the mind of Joshua, and Joshua knew the mind of God. That's why he asked that prayer. That's why it was not presumption. You see, presumption is when you don't know the mind of God. But if you know God, God will tell you what to ask. And that's why you are sure that God will answer that prayer. Because God himself says, okay, go and ask for this one and I will give it to you. So you just ask and God will give it. But if we don't know God and we ask, then we can fall into presumption. But if we have this relationship, so this is it, God's intervention in your leadership. When you are a leader, 
and you are in connection with God, God will tell you what to do in the will of God. And then we pray. Pray for the people we lead and pray for pray for the issues. I had a friend. He said, well, I am glad that I am not an administrator. He said, why? He said, you know, he said, uh, um, not many administrators will go to heaven. He said, oh, I'm glad that I'm no longer administrator. He was a conference president before. And he said, I'm, I'm glad that uh, I'm no longer an administrator. Um, I am no longer administrator. I'm doing something else now. Because, uh, you know, not many of the uh, administrators will, will go to heaven. Hmm. I said, wait a minute. Um, what do you mean? <laughs> he said, oh, no, you see, there are so many things and uh, I, uh, I cannot really focus. And I, and I don't think that uh, many administrators will go to heaven. So many issues and so on. So I, I was tempted to say, oh, no, this man is just exaggerating. But I reflected over it. I said, well, maybe um, he has a point there in a way. Because being a leader, we may be tempted to say that, okay, this is a passport to heaven. You may think, well, I am already a leader. That means I am a good Christian. That's why the church selected me. Yeah. So we are tempted to, uh, to be neglectful, to be negligent in our relationship with God. That is one. Secondly, a leader may be overwhelmed by issues. And somehow he is confused. And his spirituality, if he's not careful, being damaged. So I said, well, what we need to do then, I, I, I reflected over, over this and I developed a system. I said, no, I studied in the spirit of prophecy that every trial is a call to prayer. Every trial meaning every issue you handle as youth leader in the local church, as a deacon or uh, any responsibility you have, is a call to prayer. Meaning you will really spend a lot of time on your knees because there are many issues. So it should be the opposite then, that the leaders must be closer to God because... He has to kneel down always, asking God to guide him. You see the importance of spirituality? I'm sorry, I'm, I, I take much time on this one because this is a paradigm shift uh, that we, we need to have for God to intervene in our leadership. Is God intervening in your leadership? When did you find when did you see the last time God's intervention, miraculous intervention in your leadership? That is, yes. That one little short experience. I'm just, uh, no, no way. Just, this is just a little short. Uh, <clears throat> not long ago, we had someone who, and, and I'm not, I'm leaving out the details for obvious reasons, someone who invited uh, us to come and asked them for resources to carry out a certain work. When I say us, it wasn't me personally, but us meaning someone in my office. And uh, so I said to these, I said, well, you need to go. And so they went, but they weren't very well received. And uh, it turned out okay, but they came back and said, oh, you know, and I said, let me ask a question. I said, were you praying? Have you been praying? for resources and for God to send resources? Yes. Did this individual volunteer for you to come and ask for resources? Yes. I said, so, you're going to drop it now? I said, let me take you to the Syrophoenician woman 
Had she been turned away by the apparent rejection, her daughter would have died possessed of a devil. But because she had faith in who she was asking, so I said, do not stop. We've got another situation right now where we've been given a lot of money to build a high definition, well, I better not say what. <laughs> anyway, but we can't find a place to put it. And so I said to folk, look, God doesn't give you the money for the equipment without giving you the place to put it. And so we've been going back to our knees again. We actually begin to pray for this particular high definition, whatever. We were praying for it. We were pleading with God for it. We said, Lord, we really need this. And we do need it. We need it right this minute. And out of the clear blue, we got these funds. Enough to do the equipping. But now we have to have a place to put it. And I said, do not be discouraged. God will give us the place to put it. Already, I can't tell you exactly, but already, in about three steps just the other day, the solution is on the horizon. don't have the solution in my hand. But when I get back, I think the solution will manifest itself. I'm just telling you that what he's saying is true. God wants you, he wants to use you to move the world around you. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to be displayed, you don't have to have, you know, name be everywhere, but God will use you to move if you use these principles that he's sharing with you. Okay, so that is, that is very important. So God wants to intervene, but God does not force his way. He, he has decided to work that way. We need to invite him to intervene uh, in our leadership. And he will do it. I, I have many examples for that. That the Lord really intervened in a mighty way. And I give him the glory. I, this is the key. God intervenes in our life and in our leadership. And we need faith. And we need to be connected with God. Okay, that is the first line of the triangle. The second one is leadership by love. Leadership by love. This is good. Um, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. Would you read that? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. Okay. Please stand and read. All right. Probably let me read it. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. It said, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love, just as Christ also loved you, and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. Leading by love. You see, one thing as a leader, we really need to love our people. You may make mistakes in many things as human beings, but don't ever make a mistake in love. They should never see that you don't love them. You know, they are like children, our children at home. We as parents, we make mistakes. But one thing we need to watch carefully. Don't ever make this mistake. Don't ever hint that you don't love your children. If they are convinced that you love them, they will excuse you for many things. But if they know that really this love that you are talking about, it is not real, then you are in trouble. So the same thing with leadership. Love genuinely the followers. 
And that's why we are still worshipping Jesus now. 2,000 years after. Because Jesus led by love. You see Nelson Mandela in South Africa. That man is worshipped by many people. Almost revered in South Africa. Is almost is the mind of the nation. Why? That man led by love. When he came out of the prison after 27 and a half years, people expected that you said, okay, now is our time. He said, no. Let's love everybody. Let's forgive. Leading by love. Love your people. That is the key. Just love them. That does not mean that you should not discipline, rebuke, if need be. That is tough love. But you do it in love. Love. Ask God to give you that love. If you are known by, by your people that you are a caring leader, you are a loving leader, they will love you back. And they will follow you. This is the key. You must be loved. But before you are loved, you must love. You know, leadership is not by force. It is by influence. We don't force people to follow us. We don't force respect. You earn respect. And you love. You get it through love. And love is by sacrifice. Sacrifice. Like Jesus. He died for us. And that's why we still follow him now. He is the greatest leader because he sacrificed. He, he accepted the ultimate sacrifice. Probably we are not called to be crucified. But... People need to know that you are willing to sacrifice for them. I, I was humbled by an experience I had in Congo. The, the rebels, that was Kabila, came. Mobutu was the president then. And the rebel uh, marched from the eastern part of the country toward the capital city. Then they marched and they, they got closer and closer to the capital city. And very soon um, it was clear that they, they will conquer the capital city where we were. Then the youth director of the, the conference, the field, came. He said, Pastor, I was a union president then. He said, Pastor, we, the conference, we have decided as... Uh, as young people that we are going to sleep here around your house tonight before they reach you they have to pass through us I was moved by that I said um, Bonnie the name is Bonnie said I'm really moved by that but thank you very much I don't do that Let's just pray and uh, let the young people go back and, uh, and sleep um, in their houses. But they were willing to die for me. I was moved. That's why I know that this principle is working. If you love your followers, the people, they will never let you down. They will follow. And that is the best leadership you can't think of. When people are willing to do something unusual for you, for the church, then you are really a leader. So, uh, love, leadership by love. And then, uh, the last part is leadership by excellence. This is, we are talking here about performance. We need to read this text. I like it very much. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12 and 13. 
I, I was so glad when I discovered this. One thing I believe, I really believe in the Bible. When it is there, I, I, I take it very seriously. So here, it's a principle of leadership. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12 and 13. Now, we ask you, brothers, to respect those who work hard among you, who are over you in the Lord and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard in love because of their work. To be successful, you need to perform. You need to achieve. We need to be excellent. We need to be known as productive. Asking God to help us to be productive. Well organized. And yes, we need to pray hard, but we need also to work hard. Because through the achievement, God will respect. I mean, the people will respect us. Because you cannot debate success. Go, I just want to share a little story here. I had a pastor come in and... Uh, his folk, uh, this happened some time ago, and his folk, uh, people were just complaining and, and um, you know, nothing was happening and, and just, they just didn't know what he was doing. And so I said, uh, he came, I said, well, we need to talk. And so he came in, we were just visiting. I said, well, let me ask you a few questions. I said, uh, um, how, many, uh, how many times are you preaching each week? And he says, well, I'm, I'm preaching every other week in my churches. So I said, okay, so you're preparing one sermon every other week. Is that right? Yes. yes. That's right. Okay. Uh, tell me about prayer meeting. Well, same, same thing. One prayer meeting every other week. Okay. I said, uh, how many Bible studies do you have? He said, um, I don't have any. So okay. I said, uh, how many visits are you making a week? And he said, uh, I, I, I'm not making any visits. Um, does anybody want to guess what my next question was? That was my next question. My next question is, what are you doing? Pretty silent. And I ask a question, and by the way, we help we helped him transition into, you know, some people should not be in the ministry. That's not easy. Sometimes but do you think he's happy? Do you think his congregation was happy? Nobody's happy. Now I have the opposite thing happen probably more often. Right? I just had somebody in my office the other day. And they, they were so, they worked so much and so hard that about one more straw, and this is a seasoned, wonderful pastor. And I said to him, I said, look, if, if you don't pace yourself, you're going to break. And I want to tell you that you've got to pace yourself. So, you know, that can happen to a lay person. You can be so involved in the local church that you're just... I know lay people who come to me and say, Pastor, I don't, I don't know that I can do anything else. I said, I don't think you better do anything else. <laughs> I, I think you better start subtracting. I just talked to a lay person the other day. I said, I, you know, what kind of time are you spending at home with your kids? I just talked to him on the phone. He's got 10,000 ideas. He's running his own business. He is he just, he's, he's a lay person that every pastor dreams to have in their church. Bright, beautiful family. 
And I said to him, called him my name, says, okay, you know, you better start asking yourself how much time you're spending at home with your kids. We all need to be doing ministry. But God is the one who made 24 hours in the day. Okay? He's not the one who tells you to try to pack in 50 hours in a day. Good leaders pace. They're energetic. They get stuff done. But they also pace themselves. Excellence. Leadership by excellence. Ask God to give us the spirit of excellence. Productivity. Um, you see, when you look back, when you leave a place, look back. What is behind? What is behind? And God can give us. And this is, this is really, um, this is the key. So three things. Let's just summarize ourselves. First, we need to be spiritual. Meaning the radical one. Following Jesus. Step by step. Asking him to lead. And God will do that. Asking God to intervene. Secondly, leading by love. And thirdly, by excellence. Three lines. The triangle of success. I can assure you by the grace of God, if we apply this, you will be a successful leader for the glory of God. This media was produced by Audioverse and Hope Media Ministry for GYC, Generation of Youth for Christ. If you would like to listen to more great media like this presentation, or if you would like to learn more about GYC, please visit www.gycweb.org. You can also find great witnessing media at www.audioverse.org and at www.hopevideo.com